Hello and welcome to Out in the Woods. Ladies and gentlemen, despite all the tribulations of the past few weeks, it has finally happened. I would like to introduce to you one of my nearest and dearest friends, my old running buddy, my staying out all night, climbing all morning pal, Christoph Kwiatowski. How are you doing? Hey, how's How it going? How are you? Sorry, good, I got to say it right. <laughs> it's good, man. How the hell are you? I'm doing wonderful. Okay, so I wanted to ask. I didn't. It's been a while, so I I didn't butcher your name pronunciation. Yeah, Christoph no, Kwiatowski. That is correct. Okay, I spelled I just like it sounds. <laughs> that doesn't help. I have it spelled in front of me. I have done a slightly shameful shameful thing. I'm really sorry. I used to be able to what rattle you, off how to do? spell your name, like so easy and i have since lost that skill but but for the listeners do you want to spell your name and i can make sure yeah sure right yeah well you know it's it's a lot it means a lot to me when someone knows to misspell my name so you know the fact that you even tried the fact that you even tried means a lot okay so it's k r z y s z T O F. That's my first name. And then Kwiatkowski is a little easier. K W I A T K O W S K I. It's very Polish. You say a little easier. And I don't well I don't think we have the same definition <laughs> of easy. I say easier because it's um it's spelled more like it sound, unlike my first name, Christoph, which you know it's the hidden sound like it has two Z in it, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that is a hoot. Um, well, okay, so I didn't take listener questions for this because I figured you okay. and I have plenty to talk about. So I'm sorry, listeners, but remember, remember when you um, you just introduced me and you said a great runner, a uh, great friend, but you know we were also ping pong champions together. That that's is how we true. met. Remember what what grade was? Right, that? That's was how we told uh, people. <laughs> was it sophomore year of high school that we did that? I think we said it was sophomore year of high school. Okay, you know that works. So for we're me. we're a couple we're a couple of uh, ping pong champions over here. You know, I don't know if anyone any one of our listeners knew JD did that. Sleeping giants. What did I? Do you want to share the story? I don't even. <laughs> or do you want me to? I don't even remember the story. So you go for it. Basically, people would ask because Christoph and I spent probably 99% of our time together freshman year. And people would be like, wow, how did you guys meet? And instead of saying, oh, we met at fish camp, I would just say, yeah, we used to be in competitive ping pong together back in high school. And there was like a circuit (laughs) in Texas that we both would do. And we met at a few tournaments and became good friends then. And so Christoph and I were both championship ping pong players. Yep. People believed it. And we have, we both, yeah, I know. I mean, why, why would you question it? Well, it's just really like, wow, so that's really awesome. My sisters do this thing, or they used to. Now they're all married. But they do this thing where they would go to a bar, and if there was a cute guy, they would go up to him and they'd say, oh my gosh, Tom Wardle, it's so good to see you. Like, how, how's it been? It's been forever, all this stuff. And they'd be like, I'm not Tom Wardle. And they'd be like, oh, you just you look just like my friend. What's your name? And then that's that was their introduction. I've tried it before. It that's works. such a great way to do it. 
Oh, it totally does, dude. It totally does. Someone did that to me at a party. Like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And then right there, you know, he starts a conversation. When it gets you thinking, it gets you thinking, where do I know this person from? Yeah. It gets you really deep dive into like, oh man, I feel bad if I don't like, if I don't know this person. I met someone from yesterday, actually. I, I don't know how far away that is from you, but Houston enough. But anyway, uh, it's like an, it's like it's like forty five minutes north. It's not far. That's cool. I like the woodlands. I think yeah, a lot of people like the woodlands. Like the woodlands. Nice <laughs> okay, so would you rather work front to back or back to front? As in past to present or present to past? Let's go. Let's go present to past. I kind of want to catch up and see what you're up to, man. How's uh, how's blacksmithing? Blacksmithing has taken a slight dip um, since the ranch burnt down, but oh man, tell me tell me about that. Um, well, we had if a big wildfire, and no, it's fine. It's I'm still here, so <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, yeah, we had a big wildfire, so, so like okay. and um, we lost the cook shack and my workshop and the bathhouse. But the barn oh, and man. the bunkhouse are okay, thankfully. Uh, but it yeah, was kind of a tease. To sleep. That's nice. Yes, exactly. We have sleep and AC and Wi-Fi now, and you know, running water. Um, so it's good. It's good. It's good enough. We have uh, we've had dumpsters here for the past week, and my parents and I are clearing debris, and that's been a lot of fun in 105 degree weather. Um, that does sound like a lot of fun. The perks of being unemployed, I guess. <laughs> Still, <laughs> almost a year after I graduated, and here we are. But um, okay, I've wanted to talk about this for a while. You're working at Hennessy, right? Correct. Not the Hennessy yes. booze, but the Hennessy like performance, right? Yeah, Hennessy Performance. It is a aftermarket like auto tune-up shop. I mean, that's that's one side of the business. It's like you know, like you know, we take we take Mustangs and Camaros and we like turn it up to eleven, you know. But now we also take trucks. So there's like John Hennessy started a company with like muscle cars, and then. Um, recently people have come out with trucks like Ram, Ram 1500 TRX has like a Hellcat mm-hmm. engine in it yeah. and it's uh, over 700 horsepower. But since it has a Hellcat engine, we can upgrade that because that, en- that engine's powerful. And so we upgrade that T-Rex to a Mammoth 1000 and we call oh. it that because it has a 1000, it has 1000 horsepower. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's freaking crazy. I'm gonna. I'll send you a. Uh, I'll send you a link to my website. I uh, I redesigned their their website. That's what I do. Um, oh, wow. I do their marketing. And Is it okay the, uh, if I put that link in the show notes? Yeah, for sure, man. Is that bad? No. Okay. I, um, we published it. I started. I started. So I just got over. I just got done with a year at Hennessy. And it's amazing the stuff I've done and the stuff I've learned because I've had like no, no previous job experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I just graduated A and M in May of 2021, mm-hmm. and I got this job in July. 
and they had a really old website and I just came in with a hunger and they saw it and they believed in me. And I, I really like learned a lot about website design and all the back end, front end, like, and it's paid off. I'm really proud of the website. It's sleek. It gets the job done. And I sent it to you because you can check out the Mammoth 1000. And okay. you can also check out some other uh, <clears throat> some other vehicles we do. Like we do Broncos. We do Raptors. Those are like the best footage we've gotten because I've gotten mm-hmm. to go on cool like adventures. Like we've been to uh, Arizona in the desert. We've um, been to Colorado in the snow. And then most recently was the most fun trip we did. Uh, we went to Klamath, California. It's it's where they do uh, duning. They do oh, like okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they take dune buggies out to this like mm-hmm. place close to the border of Mexico, and we took like the the Mammoth One Thousand, which is the Ram T Rex. We took the Velociraptor Six Hundred, which is the Raptor, and then we took the Bronco, the Velociraptor Four Hundred, and it's just so much fun and we did so many jumps like i don't know these these vehicles man they are powerful powerful beasts i mean thousand horsepower is i'm pretty very good. impressed <laughs> man yeah so it's actually probably one of the fastest pickup trucks in the world i am looking at their website right now and first of all very easy to navigate so good job there uh um, wow thank you of of these, so I'm looking at the list of vehicles, right? And I'm on the Ford. Yeah. It has the Mustang, Bronco, and stuff. Of these photos, which ones did you take? <laughs> oh. Do you um, remember? None. Ah. So, none. Unfortunately, I was not hired for photography specifically. They did mm. they, they did see my photography, and um, but they have a very professional photographer, and then I sit next to two videographers, and and they are amazing at taking photos. So I've kind of kind of put my photography on the back burner and focused on expanding um, another creative like realm, which is just digital marketing in general. Just yeah. I mean, I've never taken a design. I've never taken a design class, but you know, it's 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 just about the creative eye, and I, I really enjoy that aspect because like, I've really immersed myself in Adobe, the Creative mm-hmm. Suite, like Illustrator and Photoshop and InDesign. And most recently, experience design, which is XD. It's um, it's a it's a fun like platform for designing websites. Makes it really easy. So, yeah, it's called XD. Um, I think it stands for experience experience design. Mm. It's just like Illustrator. If you if anyone listening recognizes like Illustrator, it's pretty similar to Illustrator, just a lot simpler and geared towards like uh, websites and uh, apps. Oh, that is so cool. Well, again, I, I've just, I was briefly scrolling through their website and it, uh, it seems like you've taken their 700 horsepower and turn it up to a thousand because it, it does. Oh it's yeah. A, it's a great website. It's great. It's simple enough, but not like, Oh, we're trying to be real simple and edgy. Like it's just not overwhelming. <laughs> like it's not like you're on our website now. Ah, you know, it's like, here's what we do. We do it really well look at what we it's, make like the, it can become an art um what like you, you can remember the time when websites were just like a place to go to get information mm-hmm. but when you go to really nice companies 
the companies that care about their vision of how their company is, for, is like perceived. Yeah. Websites like turn into a piece of art. Like not only do they turn into a place for you to get information and, and scroll, but they turn into a piece of art. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, they kind of like, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. You know, like I realized that no one wants to click through a bunch of like different buttons nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've been so accustomed to scrolling on an infinite yeah. feed on our phone. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes for these pages like, that I have to do. So like on the Ram 1500 mammoth 1000 page, there's no like click here for more information. You just keep scrolling and you get more information. Yeah. It's just like, yep. it's subtle things like that, that you have to pay attention to when designing this shit that makes it more impelling for people to stay on your website. You know, it's all about retention. When you say that, and now that, now that you say it, it makes sense. Cause I was looking and I was like, Hmm, okay, here's the pictures of the car. I wonder what else is on the website. And you see little buttons for apparel and, you know, the, like buying a vehicle or, or, you know, connecting with us and stuff like that. And then information. So it's just like, you naturally, at least for me and the younger generation, you naturally are like, huh, okay, what else is there? And then there it is. It's yeah. Great. That's another thing is thinking about different generations and their mm-hmm. ability to navigate technology. Because uh, our, our clients are older, successful people who have a lot of money. And so got to make it simple. Yep. Yep. You know what is not simple? This is... The, I just for while we were talking about websites, um, I, I guess I still do. I had a small business for a little bit. I still think I technically legally do, um, but I have got onto the like the state website or whatever to pay my taxes. That any yeah. government website <laughs> is horrible, especially this one. Oh. I wish I could remember. It's like your. Uh, not the comptroller or whatever. It's for like the, it's like the small business. Here's your articles of formation. Here's how much you owe us. Yeah. It, yeah. It takes it's 20 minutes to find that information. It's, it might, it might be comptroller. It's been a while since I've been on there. I, I haven't had any income, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely horrible. It makes, it really does make the experience miserable. And it's like a poor website design changes everything. It's interesting, like, the government is known for having, like, that kind of old HTML look of a website. And I, I just, just to be honest, if they did revamp their website to make it look more sleek and stuff, I don't know if I would trust it. Ooh. I, like, like, the reason these websites look so good is because their marketing is so good. But, you know, there's a, there's a little hiccup to, to having a good marketing website is that sometimes they're trying to deceive, deceive you into buying things. Mm-hmm. sometimes like it's not always like honest work sometimes it's just like hey i want you to see this so you can buy more stuff from us that's not always the case mm. but if, that's that's a subconscious feeling for me if i was to see the government website like be really sleek and like ooh, look at all this interesting stuff like i'm not going to the government website to scroll i'm going to the government <laughs> website to do do my duty yeah <laughs> duty. That, it makes sense it may, i'm with you that actually is a really interesting point. I, I would not have thought of it like that. But it is kind of like, hmm, my tax dollars are going to the infrastructure of our country. What are they trying to hide? You know, it's kind of like, wow, they're, actually, <laughs> they're getting something done. What, who, you know, is there an election coming up or something like that? 
That's true. Oh, that is, yeah. That is really funny. So it okay, could so look you, better. It could definitely look better. Oh yeah. yeah keep going. With. Yeah. You, uh, you've worked there since June, you said, right? Uh, July, last July. July. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And sorry, I'm readjusting. I, I had to, it's okay. Um, why, why Hennessy? We're going to start working back. I like it. Let's start working back. Um, you know, it wasn't like something I had in mind. You know, I, um, when I graduated, I had this internship at a digital marketing agency in Houston. They did more backend stuff like SEO and uh, CRM software, like implementation. So it was a little bit more what are logical rather than like, um, well, SEO is a search engine optimization. It's what gets okay. your website to the top of Google's like page, right? Naturally, not by paying. And then CRM software is just like internal customer relations management software that mm-hmm. helps you like hold your contacts, contact them back in like all in one place, collect data. Sometimes it's so advanced you can send out newsletters or you can do customer service through it. There's a there's like there's a lot of money that goes into that stuff. Salesforce is another one besides HubSpot, and that's like oh, a whole uh, other I've, side. I've of heard of I've heard of Salesforce. Yeah, that's like that's like a whole different realm of marketing, but it's not like it's not on the creative side. It's more like the logical and data data analysis section part of marketing. Yeah, but okay. I, I I got that job. And I continued after I graduated with it, but not for very long, obviously. But mm-hmm. my girlfriend got a full-time job with Emma Roy's or Emma Hennessy. She is the daughter of John Hennessy and um, also went to my, my girlfriend's high school. And so when Emma put something on her Instagram saying she was hiring for this uh, startup digital marketing agency... Uh, she applied and got the job and then she started in the interview. She mentioned how I, I also do marketing for this other company. And so when I, um, sorry, let me back up. Terrible at telling stories, but no, you're doing Emma great. Is married. Emma is married to Alex. His name is Alex Roy's. He is the COO of Hennessy. So, you know, Ooh. family or um, it's a power couple right there. Yes. And I, when their when Hennessy's current marketing person quit, the first person he thought of was who Jillian mentioned, and so I got an interview to be their marketing person, and I am happily a year in. That is incredible. Hats off! To- I owe it all to my girlfriend. Yes, that is like ultimate wingman status. Yeah, her name is Jillian. Is my girlfriend? If anyone knows. Hi, Jillian. You, you think she's gonna listen Jillian, to this? Right? Are you gonna? I have, I have. Do you think she's gonna listen to this afterwards? Oh, she better. I'm gonna send it to her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long girlfriend sticks around. Yeah, oh, this is man. my first podcast, by the way. Thank really? you for having me on, man. I well, was really excited I'm, to be on here. I had a few, you. You have an open invite, just so you know, because I know that we've gotten up to a lot of tomfoolery, and I mean, we we. I think I like to think that we're half decent friends, you know. Oh yeah, so man. I by all you means, are, you are definitely. Yeah, let's 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 just get into it because I I miss I missed hanging out. We we used to hang out all the time freshman year, and then 
like you slowly just kind of like stopped hanging out as like the years went on just because of different things that were happening. But I don't know, mm-hmm. our friendship never really faded. It was just, I didn't get to see you as much. So wanting to well, be on this podcast was, was important. So I could just catch up, you know, you live on like the opposite side of Texas. That's also, people, that's also people a factor. Say Houston is so close to everything. When in fact it is not close to anything. It is only close to the, the coast. It's close to Houston. That's what it's close to. And even then, hey man, we'll be driving for an hour. And what a about half. that? Uh, what about that bullet train to Dallas? That's going to happen soon, right? I'll I heard it was it just uh, something was just passed. Yeah, yeah, that's really. Facts. But I, d- I did hear that something was passed. I uh, another friend of mine has a podcast, and he talked about how something just happened that it's uh it's in the works now interesting something oh it's um there's something to do with like everyone who owns their public their private land uh Mm. previously these people that were in the way were given an opportunity to sell and now something has passed so that the government can just take it and you can get like certain you can get certain reimbursement for it but it's definitely not going to be as much as if you sold it on your own yeah um Imminent domain? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So something, so something has fact, happened where those people that are in the way have imminent domain. Yeah. And they could buy private land. Man, I bet a lot of people are pissed. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, do you know why Texas has so much private land? You know, I do not. I know that they do. It's one of the largest, a- one of the like, yeah, Sorry, we have like the least amount of public land of any state. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that fact. But the reason we have so no, much but I think you're right. is because we were an independent country before. And yeah. so it's all just like that happening. It's all been bought up, you know, like it wasn't like so the Louisiana purchase or whatever. That. We were our own country. So, yeah, there you go. Wow, it's been since that long. We're just residual private land. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's Here I am cool. sitting, sitting very happily on a little slice of private land. Yeah, um, you got a good piece too. Oh yeah. Well, it's a little crispy right now, but <laughs> one of these days when when you're the like the CMO, I don't know if that's actually a title, Chief Marketing Officer of yeah, any. It is when they give you your. Mammoth 1000 will have to come out and I'll, I'll build some jumps for us or something. <laughs> we can burn it up at the ranch. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't think the ranch is hey, maybe big enough to be driving it around. What's, what's up? I have a question for you. Okay. Um, you don't have a job and no. you've been, as you said, unemployed for a year. Roughly. What's, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing, man? What's your goals? What have you been thinking about? Anything, any interests that you could try, try endeavoring in? I just pulled a really nice uh, sticker off the back of this thing. Um, so technically, <laughs> I have been employed. I was like, you know how I was making knives and stuff. And then I started welding. Yeah, man. Doing like gates and planer boxes. So I graduated August. And I had a couple of orders set up. Like nothing crazy. But I had some orders. And I was like, all right, parents. I have multiple jobs that I could be doing to bring in income. So I'm just going to do those 
and I'm going to go travel and I'm just going to kick back for a bit. So that's what I did through December is like made some gates, drove to Colorado, you know, made some fireplace screens yeah. and like went and got, went fishing and like stuff like that. And kind of hung out, lived my life. And I told him, I was like, if it doesn't look like it's possible, then January 1st, I'm going to start looking for like a big boy job, as I always call it. Um, yeah. And I was like, if I have a lot of orders, then I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm going to try to treat it like a nine to five and like do it more full time. Um, and so that's exactly what happened. I had uh, like a landscape company in Midland place an order with me, a, like probably my largest order yet. Um, and that went off without a hitch. And I had repeat orders from them. I had repeat orders from past clients and I had new orders coming in. So I had like a lot of business, which I was very happy for. Um, and then March, the week of um, St. Patty's Day, a fire started yeah. and then they had it out except for a few spots. And then the, like a day or two before St. Patty's Day, um, we had like 40 mile an hour winds. And so it picked up and just started jumping everywhere. And at this time, all of the, uh, all of the crews, like the fire crew, crews had gone home because they brought them in from like all over Texas. And so there just wasn't really anyone to fight the fire. And so the ranch burned down on St. Patty's Day. And in that happening, oh. I lost my welding shop. So I had to give some people their money back and I had to dig through the ashes and so after that, it was like, I'm just going to make some knives and see what I can do. So there was obviously a lot of work to be done out here. And so my parents yeah. were like, if you want to go and stay out there, we will pay you to clean up. And so that's kind of oh. part-time what I've been doing because we get insurance money for cleanup. So it's not really like they're paying me. It's like insurance is paying me. Um, but like I'm, I have steady income. It's just very minimal um hey, well, that's and nice. doing to hang out so at the have, ranch yeah i've been out at the ranch a lot but yeah i'm just, jealous uh, i love i love going out into texas and going out on a piece of land i think i think texas land is probably one of my favorite things about texas really what do you what do you what do you mean well I don't have my own. I'll well, be honest, okay. You said, I love visiting. You said, I love visiting people's pieces of mm -hmm. land. That's understandable. That's understandable. Right now, it's again everything's burnt. It's starting to come back, and it's super dry. We haven't had rain in forever. Um, but you said your favorite thing about Texas is going out on the land and stuff, and I think I mistook that as like Texas is my favorite state because I can go out on people's land. So I was going to ask. Oh. About <laughs> Colorado and stuff. Cause weren't you wanting to move up there? At some yeah. Point you know, uh, this job is, this job has gotten me thinking differently. I mean, mm -hmm. I know I told everyone, I was like, when I graduate, I'm not going to live in Houston. I'm not going to live in Texas anymore. Just cause I, I'm a photographer at heart and yeah. I, I want to see a new caliber of beauty. And that would be Colorado. That would be the Pacific Northwest. That would be, Probably anywhere but Houston, right? <laughs> even Austin <laughs> is probably better looking. Even even Austin's probably better looking than Houston, but mm -hmm. yeah, eventually I think I do. 
but I think my timeline here is expand has extended. When, um, from what I have talked to you about this job and senior snaps and stuff, you do still get to travel, like you were saying, and it's not like traveling to, you know, the middle of nowhere. It's like pretty spectacular places, I would say, from what I've seen. Yeah. So that I mean, has to scratch saying, some itch. No, it, it it does scratch the itch. It's it's very it's a very fun job. I I will not be sad living here because I have this job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, visiting is great. But when you live somewhere that's pretty beautiful, you really you really get to know that place, and you really get to explore the the beauty of the place. Like mm-hmm. like you can go to Europe. You can go to Europe for like a month or so, but you're never really gonna truly see its beauty unless you live there. Mm-hmm. Like I lived, I lived in Vail, Colorado, for a month because um, I was like ski bumming it. I was oh, yeah. doing like the whole thing days. where you were you like, yeah, that was that was really interesting because I got to really understand and like explore the mountains and take mm-hmm. awesome videos and pictures. It took me like two weeks to get this one picture because I kept seeing it on my ride up in the ski lift. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I got to bring my camera and I got to be right there at sunset. Like, but I would not have realized that and had time to do it if I didn't live in bed, yeah. you know? So that's my goal is to live somewhere beautiful where I can truly just explore and like my photography just take off in the most, in the best way. Well, you know, Coleman, Texas is pretty beautiful. <laughs> Could live in I Coleman. miss that place. The place is cute and it just is quaint and pretty. It's very cheap. It's very cheap right it now. It is. You can get a burned down meth lab for a thousand dollars on a third of an acre. <laughs> Dude, I've been watching Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I started, much. I started watching Breaking Bad. I've never seen it before. Really? Yeah, I watch. I'm on season three right now. I just I just started um, watching it like a month or two ago. Man, I, damn good. I, I've just never damn really good. gotten into series. Like, I, I watched The Office freshman year of college. Oh, dude, I watch The Office all the time. I have a hard time getting into TV, really. I you just don't watch TV? Just don't, what's, what's your um, – here's a situation. You know, you, you're a long day at work. You come sure. home. What's your relaxation? What's your what's your mind numbing thing? Um, well, this is assuming I have a long day at work. <laughs> well, really, it, <laughs> it's. I mean, I know what you're asking, and I'm trying to answer it. I started watching The Hobbit. I've got through the first two, and I can't find the third one out here, so I have to. I either have to rent it on my laptop or go buy it somewhere. You um, mean like Lord of the Rings. Yes, not Lord of the gotcha. Rings, The Hobbit. So the I guess the there's prequels, three Hobbits. There's three Hobbits. I thought there was just one Hobbit, and then just went straight into Lord of the Rings. No, Hobbit is ah. Unexpected Journey, Desolation of Smaug, Battle of Five Armies. Oh damn! And I think I, I've only I've read one Hobbit. One. Then, well, it might you know seen? it might all be one book. It might all oh. be one, honestly. Um, because the movies are really long and they end and pick up at like the exact same spot. So like if you were to stop watching okay. and start watching the next one, it would be like the same movie. 
And there's yeah. a lot of points in those movies where you can be like, oh, the movie's done. And then it just keeps going. So you want me to change, you want me to change your world for you right now? If I had an office, do you have job, Wi-Fi? Do I have Wi-Fi? Do you have Wi-Fi? I have Wi-Fi. Yes, you do have Wi-Fi. And what's this movie called? Um, Battle of Five Armies. The Hobbit Battle of Five Armies, I think. I have a just I just have a revolutionary website that will just change your life for you. Is it one, two, three movies? This well, it's F movies. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's a similar it's a similar oh, thing. No. You know, you know you can watch anything. You name the most obscure movie or TV show, this thing's got it. Okay. And I have an obscure, you know, I have an obscure movie that I bet it doesn't have. Oh, I'm really I'm willing to bet on We're it. We're gonna put Let's this to the test. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. The blind man who did not want to see Titanic. Let me make sure I have that title right. Blind back to the Titanic. I don't see it, but Ooh. then again you might not have gotten the title right. The blind, yeah, the blind man who did not want to see Titanic. Blind man who did not want to see Titanic. Damn it! I don't think I have it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how obscure is how obscure is this movie? Uh, it's all in Finnish, oh and gosh. it was I I saw it when I went to South by Southwest, and I didn't know it was all in Finnish, and I sat through it. And they had uh, subtitles, thankfully, and it was riveting. Really, it's super really? slow in the beginning, um, but really good. Really good watch. Well, you stumped, you stumped F movies, man. I had a lot. I have a lot of confidence in this. By the way, it does have the third Hobbit movie. Oh, thank goodness! But okay. maybe uh, I'll watch that tonight. But it does. It does not have the blind man who did not want to see the Titanic, which, which is a crazy title. <laughs> Um, yeah, it well, it, the you know, I watched the movie and I was like, I don't know what I was expecting by that title, but it was exactly that. <laughs> but it, it was really good. It was really good. So if if you ever get the chance to watch it, to you or the listeners, uh, give it a watch. I got to meet the director. He was a super nice guy. Oh, that's cool. Um, my unwinding thing. I do like movies. I don't watch them all that often. Really, I just like to have a whiskey and sit on the porch. And I'll like look at Instagram and text people and stuff. Hey, man, you know, that's that's great. I love to hear yeah. that, you know, because I, I think TV and movies, they can be very addicting and consume a lot of your free time, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, for, for me, I found that if I didn't watch TV, because I... I will admit I am I am addicted to TV. <clears throat> if I did not watch TV, I feel like I would have so much time to do things. But I come home <clears throat> after work and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do those things. I'm just going to watch TV. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But so no, I, so I, I, I love that. I love that you you don't and you just go sit on the porch, crack open a nice cold one, talk to people. Maybe well, I definitely spend a lot of time are doing on, Instagram. on Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram, but there's a uh, there's pros and cons to every yeah. uh, 
every um, relaxation habit. Too much of a good thing is bad. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you remember Tanner Maytot, my old roommate. Yeah. He, uh, so he lives in Midland now and he has suckered me into doing a, uh, fundraiser. That's a, like a clay shoot in August. And so I have been, I've been really putting in the work. I had my mom pull skeet for me the other day and I was trying to, trying to uh, practice. I think I saw something on your story. You hit one, yeah. you get two, two and one. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm that really, was, that was pretty good. I'm determined to get really good at shooting skeet. So that way, whenever I do make a lot of money, I can take my clients out and we can go shoot skeet and then I'll look really good in front of them. Yes. You know, interesting you say that the older we get, you gotta, you gotta find those things that, uh, you can bring clients out to and you can show off, you know, you gotta make sure you're yeah. good at it before you bring clients. Have you, have you played much golf? Dude, I was just about to bring up golf. I've got the bug. I've got the golfing bug. As I, uh, I play, I, I try to play golf as much as I can. I go to the oh, driving really? range. So you're playing a lot then, or well, a fair bit. so I try to, I try to go to the driving range like once a week, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And I really, that's just like not enough practice for me because when I do go actually golfing, I just mm-hmm. feel like I forget everything. I've noticed this and Tanner and I were talking about it. We played the other day and um, like we both warmed up on the driving range. And then when we were playing, I'm not going to speak for Tanner. I played horribly as I normally do. And so much of it is like, oh, I'm I'm on the tee box. I'm not at the driving range. Like all of this mentality that goes into like I could I I do really well on the driving range like. I, I know, really but well. it's just because it's so repetitive. It is. Like, like, it is. When you're, that's, that's the issue. That's the problem. You, you go up to the tee box and you're like, shit, I can't do this after. I can only hit it once. I only have yeah. one chance. Yeah. <laughs> I totally slice it. But at, the, but at the driving range, I have like four or five hits that are bad. And then I figure out, oh, yeah, this is how mm-hmm. like, I should hit it right. Yep. But on yep. the golf course, I hit it once and then I have to switch clubs and then I come back to square one when I start with the driver again at the next hole. Like it's just when it's, it's such it's, a shock. It's a frustrating sport. It's like putting to driving. You know? Mm-hmm. That's that's how it goes. It's, Unless you chip it in, but putting to driving and that's very different. That is It's an unbelievably fun sport, but it's also insanely frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So it is so, it is probably one of my favorite sports nowadays. I don't know if I've ever talked about this with you, but you are you're fairly big into photography, by the way. I don't yes. know if yes. the listeners know this. Do you want to plug your photography account on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can see. Um it's so unlike my spelling of my last name, it's it's at Kiwi Towski. I don't know. It's plug it in the some notes or whatever but if I can, you follow I'll, me I'll put Instagram. a little link I'll put a little link um so you said you get on the tee box and you have one shot what are your thoughts on film versus digital oh great question and great framing um <laughs> framing ah good one nice photography is this, is this, is an art is an art and you know i'm sitting here looking at these photos of jd and i because i sent it to him to like give us like memories of like 
oh, I have what we can talk about. Yet. And back in the day, you know, you had a film camera. You couldn't preview what you were about to see. You couldn't take a picture and then see what it looked like. You had your film camera. You looked through the eyepiece. You had a light meter device and in the other hand. And it told you what your like exposure should be. Mm-hmm. You roll the dice and you take a photo and you don't even see it until you go back to the red room. That kind of photography takes so much preparation, so much patience, so much like creative eye without even knowing what a photo looks like. Mm-hmm. I think that art is lost. I think that is a beautiful part of photography that has been lost. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, um, like a classic way. I think it's more like painting nowadays. I think it's closer to painting than what photography is now. I think nowadays I am even, I'm even like subject to this. Like I'll take a, as soon as I walk outside when I'm getting ready to take photos on a photo shoot, I just take a picture and I look at it and I adjust the exposure, you know, like, yeah. Like it's, I, I take advantage of the fact that I can just take infinite amount of photos if I have enough SD cards. So the art of the photography has changed, especially mm-hmm. with technology. It's no longer just taking a photo. It's also taking a photo and editing it. Yeah. And my friends have said to me, like, you take great photos, Christoph, but your editing skills are just what really separates it. And so I think there's now two layers, two different layers than there were back then. Back then, it was all about setting up the shot, getting ready for the shot, and then taking it, right? And then hoping mm-hmm. that it was good. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, it's like, I don't like to do this, but anyone can take photos. And so you take as many as you want. That's the first step. Take as many as you want. Oh, that looks cool. It looks cool. It doesn't matter. You don't really learn about the angles if you have an iPhone. You don't really learn about the basics of photography. But then you can fix it all, most of it, in editing and so how i can try so this is the goal though if you want to be a successful photographer in today's age you have to find your niche you have to find your way to be unique because anyone can take a photo nowadays so i took classes i learned about basics of photography the rule of thirds the fibonacci sequence and how things kind of follow in a spiral to the middle as well or just kind of golden framing in general yeah yeah, golden ratio, framing. There's there's a lot of basics that you should like always have in heart whenever you're taking photos, regardless if it's with a camera or an iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's all about the creative eye, and it's all about moving with the. I talk like I know what I'm talking about, but no, I think I don't know. you you are one of the more uh, capable of talking on this, like of the people that I know you are in the very top few. Well, I, I don't know. What do you think? I, well, I, so, um, I have goals in my photography. I have goals in my photography to stand out because I don't think taking one photo and posting it is the way to get famous nowadays, especially with video being the Unless most like, influential thing. Unless you're Kim K. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I'm interested in, um, it's, it's kind of like stop motion photography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like photography, but moving, it doesn't necessarily have to be stop motion. Stop motion is usually taken with like clay and like animation. Yes. Um, 
but there's okay. something called like a hyperlapse something called a hyperlapse yeah what's, what's your question uh oh no you're just I'm, I'm taking notes right now because you keep bringing up all these wonderful points that i want to touch on so continue continue with the hyperlapse okay. actually would okay. you be willing to kind of explain what that is like looks like because i know i can see one in my head so to speak but i don't know if the listeners yeah um Okay, a hyperlapse and time lapse are very similar. A hyperlapse, though, is multiple photos taken and put into a sequence, while a time lapse is more. Okay, I don't want to get this wrong. I'm just going to look it up. But a time lapse, in my experience, is more like a video that's sped up. It's it's. But let me like, let me look up the actual definition of hyperlapse. A time lapse is. I'm going to put this camera here. And it's going to take a picture every 30 seconds. And then I'm going to compress that into a video at 32 frames a second. And so this hour of photos is going to be a five second video or whatever that turns down to be. Right. But it, it's like, yes. it's, okay. it's showing a longer period of time in a very short amount of video. Yes. And then a hyperlapse. So thank you for explaining that. Does the same thing, but you're moving the camera. Right? Ah, yes. That's there. You go. That's the that's the difference right there. They're very similar, like, but the time yes. lapse is just standstill, and the hyperlapse is constantly moving. Wow, great difference point. Yes, I, thank you. So i I have a few artists of mine that I want to like. I'm inspired by, but <clears throat> hyperlapse is different. Is is just like slightly different in style than just moving, taking a video because it's mm -hmm. a little more jerky and you can edit each individual photo. You can make a video, but it like really changes the game because you can edit things out. You can add like uh, color and like draw stuff in yeah. each picture. And it just kind of turns into a piece of art that's moving. Hyperlapse just like a video. I would really recommend to the listeners, even if you maybe have seen one before, I would recommend looking up hyperlapses on YouTube because some of them are so stinking cool and it is really like you're, you're sitting there watching it and you're like, this is not real. Like this is all a edit, you know, like made up completely yeah, and no, it's all photos. Ooh, sorry. The beauty of it is like you, sometimes you can't do what a hyperlapse can do in a video. So like, mm -hmm. for example, someone is at a really cool piece of art in Houston and you're the, the person standing in front of it, right? And if I was to take a fun hyperlapse, I would probably say, okay, I'm going to go around in a circle around this piece of art and this person's going to stand there with me. And what, every time I take a photo, that person's going to be facing me. So mm -hmm. I go around in a circle and every time I take the photo, the person's facing me. And so when it turns into a video, this person is turning with me, but doesn't look like they are like yeah, they're constantly like they're facing like, me. Just like rotating. It's like they're standing still, but they're, they're rotating mm -hmm. and you can't do that with a video because you'd have to like physically move yourself and you'd be seen in the video. So that's the beauty of a hyperlapse. I can kind of like cut out the parts where I don't want you to see and just make like a seamless video with photos. You can do so much with them. It's really you can do so much. That was just one example. It's, it's, it's really awesome. And I, I'm, it's probably my new, 
like favorite thing about photography. And I've tried it out a few times um, with uh, Jillian, my girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. like the focus of them. It's on my Instagram, but it's tough. It's a lot of it's a lot of editing. And this is like what why I brought it up before is like not you have to you can take the photos, but you have to really really know how to edit in Photoshop to make you this know? look really good. You say that, and I think it was the way that you said it that made me draw this connection, but you said it's a lot of editing. And in the knife community, um, in the blacksmithing community, everyone wants to forge. Everyone wants to blacksmith. Everyone wants to get steel hot and hit it with a hammer. But at the end of the day, if you want it to be a knife, you're going to have to grind it. Now, there are some people, there are some people who do like no grind knives. They just put an edge on it. I'm not criticizing those people, but I'm just saying 99% of the time, if you want to finish knife, you're going to forge it. And then you're going to have to do a lot of grinding, a lot of grinding and no one likes grinding. And it's like the editing of photography, unless people like personally, I don't really mind it. Like it's not what I want to be doing, but I would rather be grinding than not be in the shop. You know, I think there's a lot that you can do with it. Like you're starting to see some of these makers um, and I'm trying to practice, but some of these makers come out with these, like, I don't even like, uh, like a compound bevel, which it's just basically, you got a whole lot of different angles going on. You have like hollows and different curves and all this stuff. And it is, it's hard. It is very hard to do. And it is a skill in and of itself that these people are, you know, doing on the grinder. And you don't have to forge to to go and grind a knife. Like you can just do stock removal. But everyone always talks about forging and wanting to be at the forge and that. And no one likes to grind. So I'm wondering if that's also just the way you said that. Like everyone wants to be out taking the photo. No one wants to go back home and edit. Yeah, you know, in a in a sense that is that is very relatable. Like I totally get that. I mean, personally, I'm more of the photographer, not the editor. Mm-hmm. I like to edit things. I, so, not to say that I can't. I can Photoshop anything that I want, and I can look up a YouTube video if I don't know how. But I like being out there. The yeah. whole point of the photography is just to be out there. Um, and my edits are very minimal. Just so you don't, I don't fuck it up too much. Yeah. And you'll see that if you look at my Instagram, but there are like, there, the thing is like people like grinding. If you're using your analogy, people don't like the photos and people love the grinding. They love yeah. the editing because mm-hmm. you, it's, it, it turns into another like art, it turns into an artboard. It turns into something you can manipulate. And if you have the right vision and the correct creativity, it can just, it looks and is crazy it's it's people with the right technology nowadays are true artists with just editing a random photo i wonder if because like that's kind of the i'm gonna probably get some i don't think we have any huge photography nerds that listen to this but i wonder if you were to go out with like a digital camera and take your pictures or whatever but when you come back in treat it like you were looking at like a film. Like you can't, you can't really do a whole, I mean, you can change like your exposures and stuff like that, 
but I don't think you can change a lot of the colors when you develop film. Like I think it just kind of comes through. So I wonder, yeah. cause that'd be so funny if like you had a thousand photos on your camera or whatever that you had just taken and you were like, ah, can't edit that one. And you just get rid of it. Like it could be a perfectly fine photo, but you're just like, okay, I'm only going to adjust the exposure or whatever, or the contrast. And so it's not worth and then, it. Yeah. And so it's not worth it. You're like, well, there goes that, you know? So it's treating it like well, a film that's... camera without having to go through and develop all of the film. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's, I think to, I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. And it's probably going back to the date. Like that's, I was always like when I first started out photography and I would like met up with these photographers, I was like, yeah, I really don't like to edit too much. And they're like, yeah, that'll change. <laughs> and it didn't really change. I, I think my editing skills have gotten better, mm-hmm. but it's all about keeping it simple. I don't want to distract from the actual photo and I just want to elevate the parts of the photo in a way like that I want to see it. So sometimes I can add like a, like a radial filter that emphasizes one part of the photo than the other Mm -hmm. subtly. Yeah. It's just, it's not my role. It's not my style because I'm a photographer at heart. I don't want to, I don't want to detract away from the beauty of the photo Mm -hmm. by editing a shit ton of stuff. But that's just me personally, because I think I like to think I have a little bit of the old photographer in mind. And that's just because it's the way it was done. I, I want to talk about this. Um, it, we can be as briefly as I'm trying to continue on because this is, I think, been a wonderful discussion. I love talking about photography with you because you do care yeah. so much about it. You you are very knowledgeable in the subject, much more knowledgeable than myself. But um, this is something that I noticed very early on in our friendship when we started climbing because that was kind of like how we became friends was going yeah. to climb. And any opportunity that you had to climb or be like higher up, you would take that. Whether it was, well, I'm not going to incriminate us. You took a lot of, (laughs) we took a a lot of opportunities to find varying elevated surfaces. And even after like over the summers or after college and stuff, I've always noticed in your photography, you do a lot of, it's like, it's almost like, okay, it's indoors or it is on top of a building or high up. Like you have this draw to elevated surfaces. And I'm just wondering, I'm trying to figure out where, cause I've thought about it a lot. I'm trying to figure out where that comes from. Wow. Well, first of all, let me just say, John David, you are also a great photographer. I like to think that I had taught him a good amount of stuff. Christoph taught me everything. He went on his own way. He went on his own way of like macro photography. He found his own interests. He uses his, I see his videography and, and, and photography skills when he takes videos for blacksmithing. So John David is also a very, very good photographer. But you I taught me everything I know. Great, <laughs> that's a great observation, man. And I, you know, I, it's like that bird's eye view, um, or it's like it's like that that feeling that you're getting a photo that uh, not a lot of people can get from a certain angle. Like it's it's about when we were in College Station. If you're down, if you're from College Station, you've ever been. If you're down on the ground, man, it's not a lot going on. 
Nope. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if you were to go higher up, you see a grander picture of things. I've always loved being on balconies and like looking over and watching the world in a different mm-hmm. way like that. You kind of see it from a removed way. You kind you of observe like rather than... Rock'em robo- robots over there? What are, you, what are you throwing around? I don't know. Maybe it's my chair moving around. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Continue. You see That's things okay. from a different way from an elevated surface. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's I, I've always I've always liked to think that I can um, I can see a different angle of a famous photo. Like when I go to a when I go to a really hot spot in Houston, like that a lot of people like to take photos at. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always on the ground, you know. I think I think I like not. It doesn't have to be from a higher perspective, but I think always trying to get a different angle is the best way to be unique. And in College Station, when we would take photos, John David was like my photo buddy. We would always go to the tops of garages or find the tops of roofs because no one else has been there, I would assume. (laughs) And you can get the most unique photo of College Station. Like one time we climbed a crane a little bit. No, I did not. You didn't go all the way. I might have to cut this out. I'm not trying to incriminate us. It hasn't been seven years. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. It's... That's a great observation, and you know I couldn't tell you. I think it's just because I have a I have a, a drive to get the most unique photo. Um, well, I'm wondering if you know your drive goes goes back to like cross country and maybe just like how much time you spent looking at things from eye level. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that's where this is coming from, but you, I mean, you did cross country and you ran a lot, like a lot. Yeah. Of so I'm wondering if all that time at eye level was finally just like, Oh, get me out of here. Like, I wonder what that looks like from above, you know? I, to me, I don't know if it's photography or a uh, cross country because I didn't really think about being eye level. I mean, it's interesting how you're looking at it like that, mm-hmm. but you know, it's possible because I was really short when I was a kid that I just want to be high up. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I I really, when I sit on balconies, like at the, I lived at the Standard in College Station and I was on the 10th floor and I would look out and I would sit outside and just look at what's going on down at the bottom, like like watching a fire, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is so this is so cool to observe and be removed from. And just 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 see it in a nice point of view. I think it's I, it's like the adventure spirit which both you and I have, mm-hmm. and just the want to be a unique photo. And so when I see a place where people can usually walk, I'm like, well, someone can take this photo. But if I climb up a little bit higher, no one else might have taken this photo. I, I think, think that's I why think it's about trying to be unique. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe that is like you offering your, oh, I'm going to butcher this description. It's like you kind of offering your viewpoint on the world, so to speak. You know, it's, you can't do anything artistic without putting a bit of yourself into it. And you mentioned like macro photography and stuff. That's a, that's a quote right there, man. I love that. Say that again. You can't. You do, can't. It can't. You can't do you anything can't do artistry unless you 
you can't do anything artistic putting without a putting a little bit of yourself into it. John David. That's Have I quote. been been quoted? Is this going to be on one of those inspirational that's, that's, Instagram pages? But that was like, that was beautiful, man. <laughs> for me, the reason thank you. The reason that I love macro photography so much is because well, I mean, I've always loved like bugs and little critters and stuff like that. But even even like me walking around the ranch. Like you're looking at so much. Like there's so much stuff going on. And then if you just focus in and you look at one tree, then you begin to notice like how the branches move and where this, like where it gets the most sun. And if it's leaning a little bit, you get to notice all these little things. And then you get in a little closer and you look at one branch and you start to see all the little spider webs and you see the veins of the leaves and, and then you see a little bug there. And you look at that one little bug that tiny insignificant speck in all of the ranch. And you see the different colors of its wings. You see the crazy eyes, you get all these shapes. And it's, that is such a hard thing for a lot of people to see, including myself, because no one ever really takes the time to look at it. So that's why I love capturing just really detailed shots of things that people see every day. Because I don't think people take enough time to look at the small things. That's beautiful. Thank you. And that's true. I mean, maybe, maybe you bringing up cross country has a different purpose. You know, I've found that when you're driving, you pass by a lot of things really quickly. <laughs> obviously that was really stupid, but obviously you do. And no, I understand you biking, what you meant. I understand what you mean. That was just you know what really I'm funny. you know what I'm getting at. Yes. You can see what I'm getting at. Yes. but like when you're running and when you're biking and running, you have to you you obviously go relatively slower, and I think you just take it all in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And if you create that habit when you're running, I think I created that habit and persistence and discipline when I'm in photography because my dream is to take landscape like photography nature photos mm-hmm. and that requires a lot of patience and a lot of perseverance because you probably have to go to places that are not on the beaten trail Mm -hmm. and you have to wait. You have to wait for those animals to show up. You have to wait for the right time. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, this, this is, this is it is you offer, I mean, you, you have this drive for different perspective. So even if those places maybe aren't off the beaten path, so to speak, you know, like I would assume you still got to hike a little bit, but you yeah. could look at the same mountain that everyone's taken a photo of and you'd be like, you know what, we're going to take it from here. And it changes everything. It does. That's, that's, that's it. That's what I, that's my mindset when I go and take photos. It's like, okay, this place is really popular. Let me find the unique angle that not a lot Sets of people can see through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. I, I have a lot of fun with that just because nowadays I've had this theory and I've seen this before. Back then, you know, you would memorize things in history class and you try to remember things to help your knowledge. And you'd apply your knowledge of, like, of memory to whatever you do. This is such like a, like a absolute statement, but I'm trying to make a point here. And nowadays we have Google 
And I think the shift has changed from having being smart is not having a good memory, good, but being good in, in your field and being able to be smart is filtering out information and understanding what's important mm-hmm. and what's what you can drop. That's a great and take. I've, I feel like when you are in the photography area and you're taking a photo, you know, taking take everything that these people have been doing and figure out and filter out what was the good parts of this photo? What were the bad parts? What are the good angles? What are the bad parts? And figure out how you can make it better. Like people start trends all the time on Instagram, but the people who started the trends aren't always the people who are the famous ones. It's the people yeah. that took that and did it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So show me the place that's awesome to take photos and maybe I'll do it better. I Just because I, you just okay. get inspired from it or I don't know, you go for it. Well, I mentioned this last week in last week's episode. I, I went on a big ramble about social medias um, and them kind of falling apart. But there's a, a maker in the community. I guarantee you've seen his videos on YouTube. Deresta? Jimmy Deresta? I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever watched I don't know any the name. videos. You would, you, I would bet money that most people have seen one of his videos. Even I if you're not it. like a D-I-R-E-S-T-A. He's like a very okay, iconic style on YouTube, or he was like the first to do it. It's very replicated now. Um, but he was talking about making a product, and he said, okay, you've taken this, and you've made it different, but have you made it better? And he's like, it, it's not enough for it to be different. He's like, that does nothing. He's like, it needs to be different and better. Yes. That's a great point. So <clears throat> I'm curious your thoughts on photography in general and the like the practice of it, the the getting better, so to speak. Because there was a um, – I don't know how true this was, but it's a story to learn from, I suppose. There was a photography class, and um, the professor – took half of his students and he said, okay, over the semester, I want you to take one photo. I want you to take one photo, but I want it to be the best photo you've ever taken. And if you do that, you get an A. And then he took the other half of the class and he said, I want you to take as many photos as possible. It doesn't matter how they look. I want you to get out there and take as many photos as possible. And if you do that, you'll get an A. And at the end of the year, they all had their pinup, so to speak, of their best photo. And arguably, yeah. the half that took more photos all had the better photos or the better photo to present. So I'm curious right. if yours, what your, what your attack plan is when you think, or if you were to recommend to someone who's getting into photography, is it, you know, take one or two photos, but focus in and make sure that they're really good or just get out there and take pictures? Good question. And, you know, there's always that saying that practice makes perfect, but, you know, that's, we could go deeper than that. Um, I'm going to give it to you in the perspective of me and how I would go take photos just because if someone else might do studio photography and this totally doesn't relate, but... Mm. For me, if I was to move to a new city, 
and I wanted to get into photography again, all I would do is explore. I would look up, all, first of all, all the touristy places, because that's the easiest places to find, nice places to take pictures of. Mm-hmm. And then I would dive deeper and look look deeper into like, oh, I would drive around and notice a place. But I take those photos and I go to a touristy place and I look at what other people have taken and I see how they did it. And if I'm a beginning photographer, I'm sure my angles weren't good. My framing wasn't great. My exposure wasn't good. And I could see how other people did it and learn from them. So this is the way I would learn. And then I'd go home, figure out, like maybe like understand, maybe look up a video or two and then just keep going. I'd probably just take a bunch of photos to answer your question just because one or two is the old way of doing it. Mm-hmm. One or two, when you take film photography and it was like printed out in a red room, the fact that you printed it out and hung it up and have a photo, photo in general is mm-hmm. cool. Yep. The, 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 act, the actual photo itself is just like a cool thing back then. But mm-hmm. nowadays everyone has photos. So you take more and more because you're going to either by chance get a really nice one or keep understanding how things look and how well they look. You know, I, I take photos of cars or I use photos of cars and I, and I, I know things now, like you need to always, because I've been out there more and more and understanding because, okay. When you, when you do something over and over again, you notice things more and more. I mm-hmm. went out there one time to take photos of cars with my videographer coworker and I set it up and I was right up the middle. I knew my leading lines and I had it right. It looked like a good photo and he commended me for it. But then I would take other photos of it at an angle and like at the side and it wasn't as good as my as my coworker. Mm-hmm. And as and as 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 we went out more and more, I realized, okay, he sets up the tire tire rotation in a certain way. And he gets down low like this. And at the end, he like exposes these a certain way that I didn't even think about doing. You know, if I only took one or two photos, I, I wouldn't have learned that skill. It's all about going back out, keep practicing and, and observing. It's definitely just all about observing because the more you do something, the more you notice. Yeah. The more you learn. Yeah. The more you pick that up. makes sense. <sighs> that is a good question. That's great. This has been a fantastic episode. I know you were wanting to catch up, but I was like, it's going to take five minutes to catch up and we are getting into it. <laughs> yeah. How long do you have? Well, uh, I, I was going to ask you, um, really, it's up to, it's, it's up to you. You know, you brought up stop motion, right? Yeah. And like claymation. I don't know if I ever told yeah. you this, but I used to spend... I got a little point and shoot one year for Christmas and I used uh-huh. to spend hours in our attic where I had a big like Lego table and I would do Lego stop motion. Oh and my gosh. As opposed to like taking a photo, taking a photo, taking a photo and then editing them all together. I didn't edit it at all. I could start a recording and then press a button and it would pause the recording. And so it would pause and I would move my little Lego leg 
like one space and then I would play and pause and I'd move and I'd play and pause. So it was always two clicks and it would just get one frame. And then if I wanted to do audio, I'd set up the shot and I'd play it. And I, it was always like Lego Star Wars or something. And so I would do like a little clone voice and whatever the plot was, I'd talk about it and I'd pause it and then I'd change the camera angle and I would move the little Lego arms or whatever and do another voice. And it was always a lot of fun whenever I got the video done. But the problem was, is that I could be like two hours in to like a five minute video. And if my play pause got thrown off, the whole thing was ruined. And I had to, I would restart completely. It was ruined? It was ruined because I didn't edit anything. So it would, it would record instead of like that one little frame of just the Lego, it would record. It wasn't play stop. It was play pause. Yeah. So it would all be one video and all of my different camera angles. There was no editing. And so if I messed up. That's one way to do it. That's for sure. If I messed up, it was my hands moving the little Lego piece. It would, if you made a film student do that nowadays, they would hate you. Like if I was a professor and I said, this is how we're going to do a stop motion, I would get booed (laughs) out of the classroom. Dude, that's so crazy the way you did that. I didn't even, that's like a hassle and a half, man. It was brutal. It was so much fun though. I was thinking about it. I I might, if I find them, I might've put one on YouTube. If I find Dude, one, please send me the video. I would love to see that. Okay, because uh, I mean, it was like eight Put year that old video John in the David. Link. <laughs> so it's like it's little John David talking about Star Wars oh, or whatever. You know, my my voice is all high and everything, and it, oh gosh, the good that old days. That sounds awesome. I love that you. I love that you had that. What was that what was your cool. first experience with a camera? Oh, it was my dad, man. I feel like I do what my dad does, but it was, he was like the, you'd call, I guess you call it, I like to think I'm the historian of my friend group. He was a historian of the Mm. family. You know, he would always take photos and and archive them. And so he always had like, whenever he did something, he would do it right. And so he had a nice camera and he would take photos of us and I would always want to see them you take photos of me and I'm like, Oh, I want to see it. I want to see it. Or I want to take the photo. Uh-huh. So he exposed me to a lot of like at, at the house, he's got a lot of old film cameras. And so he definitely exposed me to it. And, uh, when I, I was really into it in high school. And when I graduated high school, he got me my own camera and that's when it really took off. And that's when I met you it was mm-hmm. freshman year. I had my own camera that's when I really took off with photography before that. It was more of like a, this is really cool, like art. Yeah. But when I first got my own camera, it turned into like, this is something like I could actually do. It's like something that you're going to try to do and be better. Like you're trying and to understand learn more it about at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Use it as a tool rather than like, but yeah, like use the camera as a tool, not as a hindrance. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of Photoshop is another thing like that. Like people are like afraid to Photoshop if they don't know anything about it because the Photoshop tool is so 
so complicated that it's expensive. It's too. more time and it's expensive and it's more time to figure out how to work it than actually use it to improve your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's with anything. I think that is really, I'm not going to say it's what's holding me back photography, but I, photography wise, but I think it's why I don't take more is because I mean, I, I use like the stock photo editor, little slider bars on my computer. No, that's still good. Lightroom is, Lightroom is still my favorite. I like, if I take a photo and I can't make it look how I want it to look with just those little slider bars and like adjusting the saturation or the contrast or things like that, then it never sees the light of day. Like I'll still save it as an edit, but I do not post it. <laughs> so it's like, I, I really, because I don't understand any editing software and I don't want to pay for it really. It's like, unless that photo looks great off the camera, I'm not doing anything <laughs> with it. So, hey, so you and I are in the same kind of wave where like, I appreciate the original photo more than the edit. Well, and I, I, it's so easy nowadays to just take a bajillion photos and be like, I'll, I'll fix it. You know, I can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, mentality you have as as a, why don't you just do it right in the beginning? You know, exactly. I don't know. There's a a lot. Like you have a question. I have a question for you. Let it rip. And this is something that I'm very curious about just because of the way the digital art age is moving. But do you prefer taking photos in landscape or in portrait? Um, for me, because I'm doing, uh, I would say almost exclusively landscape. I really, even when I'm taking a portrait, I almost never use a portrait or like portrait orientation. I, you know, I agree. I think landscape is the way to go. But well, my I'm, girlfriend I'm, Jillian, she's mm-hmm. uh, into she does portraits. Or well, she's a, she's a social media marketer at her job, among other things. Mm-hmm. And she's always like, "Christoph, you got to get vertical. You got to get vertical." And I know, I know, I got to get vertical for Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. But well, dude, and so landscape is it? Um. Oh, Google Photos. What are you doing? So this is this is what I was, again, discussing last weekend. You say, I've got to do it. I've got to get vertical for Instagram and TikTok or whatever. Do you? Do you? Really? Because then that raises the question of why are you taking photos? Are you doing it to post on Instagram? And if so, why are you posting on Instagram? Like, what is your what's your reasoning? Why are you doing this? It's a good point. But also, you can take vertical photos just to see on your phone on the Photos app. Well, you turn your phone sideways. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Dude, just getting into this because I don't know how much you've been affected by like reels and the push for reels on Instagram, or have you noticed that? 
I have noticed it. I have noticed that my Instagram feed is no longer people that I just follow. And it's a little annoying. Mm -hmm. Well, like, like I don't think they've nailed it. I think Instagram and Facebook has not nailed it. They're really trying, like no matter where I am, I have the possibility of going and scrolling reels. They used to be just like on a certain part of the app, but now it's everywhere. They're just trying to be like TikTok, but also not like TikTok. So it's just, it's a little all over the place in my opinion. And that's my, that was my big point last week. I'm going to keep referring back to this because I, I've just, I got wound up. YouTube and Instagram are trying to be like TikTok. They're trying to all like, I I don't, and I don't understand why, because if they're going to try to be like TikTok, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. TikTok is already TikTok. Instagram needs to be Instagram. TikTok needs to be TikTok and YouTube needs to be YouTube. That is the ultimate way to reserve your slice of the social media pie is to focus on one of the first ones, you know, they don't have to try and copy people. Yeah. That's, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why Instagram is going for reels. Like I, I, I'm, I was happy when they added videos and stuff and I, you know, like I, I enjoy watching reels from time to time. I enjoy what some of my friends do with them, but that's not, that's not yeah. why I have Instagram. You know, it's exactly the reason why I don't have TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I don't have TikTok either. So but I will I give asked, TikTok kudos for having the best algorithm. You think so? Oh, without a doubt. Really? Interesting. Well, you don't believe me? I don't, I don't have TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Algorithm. Well, I don't have it either. I deleted it. Oh. But I, when I did have it, I would get lost for like an hour or two before bed. Like an, a whole hour or two of just scrolling because it was so good. Interesting. That wanted. is really, really interesting. And you know what it is? Like, it is the algorithm at play. They uh, understand how long you spend on a video. They understand if you comment on a video. They even look at your eyes, I assume. I'm going to assume this, but they even probably look at your face, your reaction. I so. Because of, the, because of the face scanner on your phone. And, yep. you know, I also heard that TikTok also is able to analyze what other apps you use. It's, 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 it's such a down to a science. Like, I, I deleted it because I knew how dangerous it was. I don't use Instagram Reels. I use Instagram for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I use Snapchat and I use YouTube. And YouTube has YouTube Shorts. YouTube yep. Shorts algorithm is utter trash compared yeah. to TikTok. What it's throwing off YouTube's- YouTube Shorts algorithm, and I've only I'm only saying this because I've seen a lot of other makers or like videographers and stuff talk about it. It's it is literally pushing away YouTube's clientele because YouTube doesn't really make content, at least not that anyone watches. It's up to the content creators you know, the people who make the videos and it's pushing those people away because when they spend two weeks on a video and it gets outperformed by a short, they're not going to, they're not going to make videos anymore. Their primary source of income is gone. So they're going to go find other things to do. And then when they leave, their audience base is going to move somewhere else. They're going to focus on other things. Yeah. That's an interesting point. So this, I, I'm just curious about why you, because again, going back to this, why do you use Instagram? 
or why do you take pictures? Really? I mean, what um, when you say I'm going to take this picture, why do you do it? Well, it used to be for Instagram. When I was really on my Instagram photo Instagram, I was like, God, this would be great for Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a I'm at my own apartment right now, and I actually have printed out like a dozen of my photos, and I've hung them up across my living room. Oh wow! And it is it is a new love of mine. Mm-hmm. I will sit down, have dinner, and just sit at that table and just look at my photos. And I absolutely love it. I've never been able to do that before. All I have done is see my photos on the screen. And when it's printed out in my face, it's like going to a museum. I love looking at them in person on a huge canvas. I print them out on canvas right now on through Google Photos. Mm. And it is one of my favorite things to do, man. Like, How's that cost to quality? Kind of like, would you, um, are you content with it enough anyway? I'm content with it, dude. I will, I have all my photos on Google Photos already. I go to the print store, I print out whatever size, it'll tell me if it thinks it's too small of quality. And if mm-hmm. it isn't, it doesn't tell me anything. I print it out, it gets delivered to me in less than a week. Wow. I can do a print, but I do canvas because I can hang it up easily. I don't have to go buy a frame. Mm-hmm. But, has it changed how you edit your photos? No, actually, that's, that's why I really like the uh, minimal editing is because if I print it out, it looks like nature. It doesn't look like I like a piece that I can edit. But mm-hmm. I I've been I've been I've been into graphic design lately, uh-huh. and I I definitely would be down to print something out like that, which is totally manipulated art. Because I, I, I actually want to take a photo of like our hypercar at Hennessy and turn it into a cool graphic art mm-hmm. piece, like for a graphic tee or something. Ooh, sign me up! I'll I'll buy one. Um, sure. I'm I'm wondering because I I've gotten a few photos printed out on just like you know CVS, and I've noticed that yeah. it looks different on a screen and on like typically. I really like like the high contrast kind of moody. I'm looking at some of my pictures uh, from Frip and there's a lot of like really high contrast, like rich, deep, dark shadows and then these brilliant white birds. And I've noticed that on a screen, you can see those shadows a little bit better. Like you can see what's in them and then you print it out yeah. and you kind of lose that. Like it's, it's almost just black, you know? So I'm yeah, wondering if, it, totally. if it's changed, you know, some of your adjustments or anything like so that. So that's a good point you bring up because like the difference between RGB and CMYK is a little frustrating. You know, so RGB is, I don't know, computer screen mm-hmm. and CMYK is for printing. Those are the two different color spectrums of images and printing out stuff and all that. Uh-huh. Interestingly enough, you know, if you, if you combine all the colors on a screen, it turns white. But on a mm-hmm. on a print, if you combine all the colors, it turns black. Isn't that kind of fun? Oh, interesting. Whatever. That's besides the point. But um, yeah, I've actually noticed that like when you print something out on the screen, you see a lot more depth, and on the print it flattens it. 
just because mm. on a print you can't get those bright colors anymore just because there's no light behind it. Yeah. But you can you can edit things in a CMYK mode so you can understand what it's going to look like when you print it out. But that's a little bit more advanced. Like um, at Hennessy Performance, I designed magazine ads and designing in CMYK and and um, working with the different color space is kind of tough because you're making stuff for print on a screen yeah. and so it's really hard for you to be able to see what it would look like without printing it out. But it's still, it's still a cool endeavor. That is, so that's interesting. I, I didn't, I guess I haven't ever really thought about that, but it does make sense. So, oh man, I'm just wondering kind of where to go from that. Well, if you, um, I'm, I'm, I could come to a top, stopping point if you want. Well, uh, we are at an hour and a half and that's typically kind of like the ballpark, but there's okay. one cool. topic that we have not touched on. And I have a feeling we might get carried away with this, but Christoph, you get one song or more, but what is your weekly song recommendation for the listeners? Oh, you can think about it for a second. Hell of a question. I don't know if the listeners know, but I am, um, I'm really into music. Tell them. Tell them. And I like, I like to think, um, I like to think I'm a little bit of a DJ. I like, I like curating playlists for different situations. I like a lot of different kinds of music. Um, lately I've been into like house and EDM. Odessa just dropped a new album. I was going to ask you about that. Have you listened through Dude, it yet? I've listened through it all. Okay, I've only gotten two songs okay, in. Well, don't spoil it. Well, it's really good. I honestly like. I listen to it from top to bottom. That's a really fun way I've been listening to music lately. By the way, is just listening through. to it like you would on an album, like on a mm-hmm. like a vinyl or CD. You yeah. just listen from top to bottom. How they made it. How they made it for you. You don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's really good. Do you know, let me, I'm going to tangent really quick just to see. Uh, do you know of an artist called Charlie Crockett? Yes. I do. He, he is arguably my favorite artist right now. Really? Dude, he is so awesome. I love his music so so much that is something he else. might he might be higher on the list than khalid oh that is saying something dude he is so good i listen to all of his music if you don't know who charlie crockett is listen to him he is from texas and louisiana and his sound his music is just like that it's, it's not really necessarily it's country it's not it's not necessarily country it's not necessarily blues it's not necessarily folk. It's like all about all of the above with a little bit of him in there. You know, it's just good music. Good fucking music. Is that well, you and, don't have to, but that is really interesting that you you pivoted from Odessa to Charlie Crockett. Yeah. Um, if I was to give a song, I guess since I, I love Charlie so much, I'll give you a favorite Charlie song at the moment. And let me just be clear. This is 
I can? Yeah, by all means. Just got to do at least one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to throw you off a little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have a song called Blue Moon by Santo and Johnny. Okay. Um, I don't know if you... So write that one down. Blue Moon by Santo and Johnny. That's it's like kind an of a black and song. gold album cover? Or blue uh, and... Let me look. Or a lot of orange. A lot of orange. It's a lot of orange. Okay. Okay. A lot of orange. Great. That is, uh, this, this band only plays like the slide guitar. Oh, are you into slide guitar right now? Dude. I think I love the slide guitar because of SpongeBob. I, I've been listening to Charlie Crockett has a lot of slide guitar and it's just like probably my favorite instrument at the moment. Okay, Christoph, for you, I have a recommendation, and really, you should listen to the whole album if you're if you're in a slide guitar. Um, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> uh, the song is <laughs> "Rippling Waters" by Speedy West. Rippling waters, but the whole album is called "Guitar Spectacular." And I have been listening to it a lot recently, and it is really good. Really, really good. I'm going to have to give it a listen, man. That, You're gonna love I love this slide guitar, bro. I love it. So that's that's one song. Okay. That's that's like that's more of like the slow, chill, like, like here's, here, here's what you get. Okay. Um, this is such a great question, and I love the question. And I haven't talked to you about music in so long. So I want to like, I don't want to choose like the songs that I'm into like at the moment. I want to choose the songs that have been like with me for a little bit. Well, just dive in. I don't have anywhere to be. If listeners are still listening. <laughs> great. If not, this is, this is you and if me. Not, it's just, it's just us catching up, man. Yeah, that's great. Did I ever tell you about services? You know about services, oh, right? Yes. Of course. Dude, services, man. They're amazing. I They're, uh, I can't say, have they had new music come out recently? Well, they had a, they had an album drop. Um, let's see when it, they had an album drop in twenty twenty one. They had um, an EP drop yesterday. Yes, they did. Rooftops. Yes, they did. It's Perfect. good. That could be like your yes. theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Tame Impala, great band. Odessa's a great band. Services is a great band. Uh, I really love Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, what they've been doing. Interesting. Like, okay. To give you like a vibe of what I listen to. Like definitely the chill wavy aspect is all me, but the new the new shit is just Charlie Crockett vibes. Like I love Charlie Crockett. I love Leon Bridges. I've been mm-hmm. listening to Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Like like that kind of vibe is like a total shift, but it's honestly still kind of the same wavelength of music to me. Okay. It's just a different instrument. It's just different instruments. What is this song? I'm trying to find it. Do you listen to much Sturgill Simpson? I like his songs. I like turtle all the way, turtles all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's the cut and grass album, right? To on a lawnmower. Or is that off of his? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's new. 
Oh man. I'm trying to have you ever heard But I wanted to mention also I have just let go. Yeah, just sure, let man. Go. But I wanted I wanted to tell you about um Charlie Crockett a lot just because like Yeah, go for it. I remember one day I was in the car with uh, with JD and he was like, play some country music and I played like a Florida Georgia line. He was like, Christoph, this is not country, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he showed oh. me, man. He showed me all of like he was like, This is George Strait. This is these are the people, these are the real guys you want to listen to. And so I listen to that country and I enjoy that country. But Charlie Crockett, he might not be country, I don't know what you can classify him as, but he's a good sound and he is quality. He is true. Like I watched a documentary of him on YouTube and he like has never accepted any like record deals with these big companies because they want to change what he does. He is he just is he still way. independent? He's independent. Wow. And you know, like his story is beautiful. Like he started off in Texas, he went to New Orleans and played on the streets, and then he went to New York and played on the streets in the subway. And he's just been making music ever since. And he's just been Jeez. getting bigger and bigger ever since. Like he has a band now and he has like a record label that he works with, but he's independent. Mm -hmm. And all of these songs are about his life. It might wow. be metaphorical in a sense where you can't pick up exactly what he did in his life. Mm -hmm. All of his music is so raw and real. And his, his voice is awesome. His metaphors are pretty. Like okay. everything about it is great. I love his, I, I love his music. I will have to really dive into Charlie Crockett because I've definitely heard a few of his songs, and I do really like his voice. Um, but I can't say that I've ever like sat down and listened to him. Uh, so I'll, I'll have to, I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll be at the ranch all week, and it's just going to be me starting Monday. So I'll be Dude, playing it'll lots be a of vibe. music. Okay, it'll be a vibe. He porch um, sitting kind of vibe. I, oh my gosh. I uh, introduced him to my girlfriend's family and they have a piece of land as well. And they have like a tiny little chipping golf course that they built. And oh, nice. the only music, it's so awesome. The only music that's allowed is Charlie Crockett because <laughs> it's so chill and you just drink a beer and you chip, chip around the backyard. That is awesome. Christoph. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Man. I, uh, I don't know if you know vibe. this, I am actually writing a book on vibes. Really? Yes. And I'd love to I'd love to hear more about it. Well, it's called The Definitive Guide to Vibes. And <laughs> it's gonna be a coffee table book. It's gonna be kind of a reference. My goal is that you can start in the beginning and read it the whole way through. And it'll be entertaining, tell stories, it'll kind of grow on each other. Like the first chapter will help the second and so on and so forth. But at the yeah. same time, I also want it to be like, I'm going to pick this up and start at a random page and it's going to be good. But I'm having a whole chapter on music because of how yeah. important it is in setting the vibe. And it's just like you said, you have, you have beer, you're chipping balls and you're listening to Charlie Crockett. Like I can envision that. Yes. I don't even know what the place looks like. I can envision it in my head and I have the chills. That's amazing. I'll and have you know, to send I'm, you. I'm glad, to send I'm you glad to you're writing guy. this book about vibes, man. This like I live my life in music. There's not a time I'm doing something where I mm -hmm. don't think 
this could be complemented with music. You know, what really like, does I think it's not a point. It en- it enhances like very very rarely is silence like in, in my mind. Like I I I don't like Preferred. a lot of silence. Yeah, unless no. I'm unless I'm like long day sitting on the porch about to go to bed and I can hear like the cri- crickets and all that stuff. Like I do like that. But yeah. Okay, I have a song recommendation for you. Okay. You know Jimmy Buffett. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Tin Cup Chalice. I have a feeling you're really going to like it. People people say they know Jimmy, they don't know Jimmy. Ten Cup Chalice, great song. Okay, I'm adding it to the playlist, and it'll be uh, it'll be listened to. Also, if you're looking for more country, this is like old country, but not really country. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, Desert Skies by Marshall Tucker Band. Desert Skies by Marshall Tucker Band. Yep. Okay. These are nice. These are new. These are new people that I don't listen to. I'm excited to to dive in. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I I have a lot more, but um, I'm gonna keep those in check because Nico and I next week are gonna be doing. Uh, spoiler: We're gonna be doing a all music review, and I'm looking really forward to it. We have Ooh. a couple stories to tell in the beginning, but then it's gonna be like pretty much strictly music talk for the remainder. So. Oh, that's awesome! I'm, How often I'm, do you guys do podcasts? Uh, every week. Is, a is it always thing. Nico or is it? No. So he is technically the co-host, um, but on occasion he's unavailable or, um, you know, I, I'll do an interview like this um, or things like that. So it, it switches in and out and it's pretty, I mean, we try to keep on a good schedule. We've missed one week, so we're going to, we're going to, double up and do uh and do two eventually so we can get back on track um but you are you're going to be episode 26 so you're halfway through a year hell yeah of, of non-stop podcasting yeah. so congratulations the halfway I'm happy point. to be a part of it well do you have a, a final song recommendation for the people so we can close it out yeah you know that song, um, Transportin' by Kodak Black? Uh, no. Wait, what is it? One more time. It, it kind Maybe of not. got a little choppy there. Transportin'. Transportin'. Anyways, like Kodak Black. Anyways, he, anyways, he samples a song um, from the 90s from the Ghetto Boys. It's called uh, Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. Um, it's just a great beat, great lyrics. And my girlfriend showed it to me, and I haven't been able to stop listening to it. So, final recommendation, Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. Great song. And that, that I will say right now, is probably a new, a new wave I've been on, is 90s rap. You got quite the pretty, dynamic wave you're fun, here. Pretty fun vibe. I like listening to it. They got funny beats. They got good, good tune, good lyrics. Something about it, man. Okay. That's great. Well, any final um, well wishes or, you know, word to the wise um, for the audience? 
Just keep learning. That is just keep wow. swimming. What a way to that's a, way to close it out. <laughs> I'd love to come back and talk to you more about about just shit like that, discipline, learning about stuff. Always There's, learning. We could do a lot of episodes, Christoph. You know you have an open invite. I'll definitely be hitting you up here um, in a bit. I think we have a plan for the next few weeks, um, but I, I would love to have you back on. Yeah, I'd so. love to be here, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. What a show. Christoph, thank you again for coming on and for dealing with all of the different scheduling issues and postponings and movings. And I'm happy we did it in the morning. It was nice to get and get to have a cup of coffee and chat. Um, yeah. If you guys, me, man. well, thank you. Um, remember folks to leave a review if you want. Uh, and if you've enjoyed the episode and you think someone else will enjoy the episode, share it because we're trying to get more than one listener in Romania. So if you know anyone in Romania, please share it to them. Um, as always, cheers and God bless.